Today is July 22nd. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer. I'm so glad you're hanging out with me today as we traipse and traverse, explore, and examine this sacred text. If you ever wonder why you do the things you wish you didn't, it might comfort you to know that in today's reading, even the Apostle Paul dealt with this exact same issue. It's a very familiar, famous passage in Romans. We all wrestle with this. We all struggle with wanting to do right and ending up doing wrong. And then there's Solomon. He has this beautifully earnest prayer in 2 Chronicles, and y'all know how much I'm into prayer right now. And so... This prayer just really set my heart alight. And I was reminded once again that these stories link us down through the millennia, through our shared human experience, no matter how complicated we are, no matter how much we mess up, no matter how many times we fall short, no matter how unique we think that our problems are, we can always lean on and turn to God. Don't ever forget that. That's what these stories remind us of. Even when we don't live up to the standard, even when we slack off like our friend in Proverbs today, wait till y'all read about him. We can take comfort in the psalm. Psalm 18, God is our rock and our deliverer. Oh, and that reminds me, I wrote a song about it. Want to hear? Here it go. No, 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 no. I didn't write a song about it. But do y'all know where that's from? Please tell me. Y'all know where that's from. First person to slide in my DMs and tell me I got a gift for you. And don't Google it. Because if you have to Google it, then that means you are too young for the gift that I'm getting anyway. So... Send it to me via DM, and I have something coming your way. All right, let's flow into these verses. Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 12 through chapter 8, verse 10. God's Word translation, Solomon's Prayer. In the presence of the entire assembly of Israel, Solomon stood in front of the Lord's altar. He stretched out his hands to pray. Solomon had made a bronze platform seven and a half feet long, seven and a half feet wide, and four and a half feet high. He put it in the middle of the courtyard. He stood on the platform, knelt in front of the entire assembly, and stretched out his hands toward heaven. He said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You keep your promise of mercy to your servants who obey you wholeheartedly. You have kept your promise to my father David, your servant. With your mouth you promised it. With your hand you carried it out as it is today. Lord God of Israel, keep your promise to my father David, your servant. You said you will never fail to have an heir sitting in front of me on the throne of Israel if your descendants are faithful to me as you have been faithful to me. So now, Lord God of Israel, may the promise you made to David your servant come true. Does God really live on earth with people? If heaven itself, the highest heaven, cannot hold you, then how can this temple that I have built? Nevertheless, my Lord God, please pay attention to my prayer for mercy. Listen to my cry for help as I pray to you. Day and night, may your eyes be on this temple, the place about which you said your name will be there. Listen to me as I pray toward this place. Hear the plea for mercy that your people Israel and I pray toward this place. Hear us in heaven, the place where you live, hear, and forgive. If anyone sins against another person and is required, 
prepared to take an oath and comes to take the oath in front of your altar in this temple, then hear that person in heaven take action and make a decision. Repay the guilty person with the proper punishment, but declare the innocent person innocent. An enemy may defeat your people Israel because they have sinned against you. But when your people turn, praise your name, pray and plead with you in this temple, then hear them in heaven. Forgive the sins of your people Israel and bring them back to the land that you gave to them and their ancestors. When the sky is shut and there is no rain because they are sinning against you and they pray toward this place, praise your name and turn away from their sin because you made them suffer, then hear them in heaven. Forgive the sins of your servants, your people Israel. Teach them the proper way to live. Then send rain on the land which you gave to your people as an inheritance. There may be famine in the land. Plant diseases, heat waves, funguses, locusts, or grasshoppers may destroy crops. Enemies may blockade Israel's city gates during every plague or sickness. Hear every prayer for mercy made by one person or by all the people in Israel, all who know suffering or pain, who stretch out their hands toward this temple. Hear them in heaven where you live. Forgive them and give each person the proper reply. You know what is in their hearts because you alone know what is in people's hearts. Then as they live in the land that you gave to our ancestors, they will fear you and follow you. People who are not Israelites will come from distant countries because of your great name, mighty hand, and powerful arm. When they come to pray facing this temple, then hear them in heaven, the place where you live. Do everything they ask you so that all the people of the world may know your name and fear you like your people Israel and learn that this temple which I built bears your name. When your people go to war against their enemies wherever you may send them and they pray to you toward this city you have chosen and the temple I built for your name, then hear their prayer for mercy in heaven and do what is right for them. They may sin against you. No one is sinless. You may become angry with them and hand them over to an enemy who takes them to another country as captives, whether it is far or near. If they come to their senses, are sorry for what they've done and plead with you in the land where they are captives, saying, we have sinned, we have done wrong, we have been wicked. If they change their attitude toward you in the land where they are captives, if they pray to you toward the land that you gave their ancestors and the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name, then in heaven, the place where you live, hear their prayer for mercy, do what is right for them, forgive your people who have sinned against you. Finally, my God, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Now arise and come to your resting place, Lord God, you and the ark of your power. Clothe your priests, Lord God, with salvation. Let your godly ones rejoice in what is good. Lord God, do not reject your anointed one. Remember your mercy to your servant David. Solomon offers sacrifices. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the other sacrifices, and the Lord's glory filled the temple. 
The priests couldn't go into the Lord's temple because the Lord's glory had filled the Lord's temple. When all the Israelites saw the fire come down and the Lord's glory on the temple, they knelt down with their faces on the pavement. They worshipped and praised the Lord by saying, He is good, His mercy endures forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices to the Lord. King Solomon offered 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep as sacrifices to the Lord. So the king and all the people dedicated God's temple. The priests were standing at their posts. So were the Levites who had the Lord's musical instruments, which King David made for praising the Lord with, His mercy endures forever, and which he used to offer praise. The priests were opposite the Levites, blowing trumpets while all Israel was standing there. Solomon designated the courtyard in front of the Lord's temple as a holy place. He sacrificed the burnt offerings, grain offerings, and the fat because the bronze altar that he had made and that was in front of the Lord was not able to hold all of them. At that time, Solomon and all Israel celebrated the Festival of Booths. A very large crowd had come from the territory between the border of Hamath and the river of Egypt. On the eighth day, there was an assembly. They had observed the dedication of the altar for seven days and celebrated the festival for another seven days. On the 23rd day of the seventh month, Solomon dismissed the people to their tents. They rejoiced with cheerful hearts for all the blessings the Lord had given David, Solomon, and his people Israel. The Lord answers Solomon's prayer. Solomon finished the Lord's temple and the royal palace and completed everything he had in mind for the Lord's temple and his own palace. Then the Lord appeared to him at night. He said to Solomon, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. I may shut the sky so that there is no rain or command grasshoppers to devour the countryside or send an epidemic among my people. However, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, search for me and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear their prayer from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their country. My eyes will be open and my ears will pay attention to those prayers at this place. I have chosen and declared this temple holy so that my name may be placed there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. If you will be faithful to me as your father David was, do everything I command and obey my laws and rules, then I will establish your royal dynasty. As I said in a promise to your father David, you will Will never fail to have an heir ruling Israel. But if you and your descendants turn away from me and abandon my commands and laws that I gave you and follow and serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot Israel from the land I gave them. I will reject this temple that I declared holy for my name. I will make it an example and an object of ridicule for all the people of the world. Everyone passing by this impressive temple will be appalled. They will ask, why did the Lord do these things to this land and this temple? They will answer themselves, they abandoned the Lord God of their ancestors who brought them out of Egypt. They adopted other gods, worshipped and served them. That is why he brought this disaster on them. Solomon completes his construction. 
It took Solomon 20 years to build the Lord's house and his own house. He rebuilt the cities Hiram gave him, and he had Israelites live in them. Then Solomon went to Hamath Zobah and conquered it. He rebuilt Tadmor in the desert and built all the storage cities in Hamath. He rebuilt Upper Beth Haran and Lower Beth Haran into cities fortified with walls, double door gates, and bars. He also rebuilt Balath and all the storage cities that he owned. He built all the cities for his chariots, all the cities for his war horses, and whatever else he wanted to build in Jerusalem, Lebanon, or the entire territory that he governed. The Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites had been left in the land because the Israelites had not been able to destroy them. They were not Israelites, but they had descendants who were still in the land. Solomon drafted them for slave labor. They are still enslaved today. But Solomon didn't make any of the Israelites slaves for his projects. Instead, they were the soldiers, officers, generals, and commanders of his chariots and cavalry units. These were the officers in charge of King Solomon's projects, 254 men for the people who did the work. Romans chapter 7 verse 14 through chapter 8 verse 8. God's standards are at war with sin standards. I know that God's standards and Moses' teachings are spiritual, but I have a corrupt nature sold as a slave to sin. I don't realize what I'm doing. I don't do what I want to do. Instead, I do what I hate. I don't do what I want to do, but I agree that God's standards are good. So I am no longer the one who is doing the things I hate, but sin that lives in me is doing them. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, nothing good lives in my corrupt nature. Although I have the desire to do what is right, I don't do it. I don't do the good I want to do. Instead, I do the evil that I don't want to do. Now when I do what I don't want to do, I am no longer the one who is doing it. Sin that lives in me is doing it. So I've discovered this truth. Evil is present with me even when I want to do what God's standards say is good. I take pleasure in God's standards in my inner being. However, I see a different standard at work throughout my body. It is at war with the standards my mind sets and tries to take me captive to sin standards which still exist throughout my body. What a miserable person I am. Who will rescue me from my dying body? I thank God that our Lord Jesus Christ rescues me. So I am obedient to God's standards with my mind, but I am obedient to sin standards with my corrupt nature. God's Spirit makes us His children. So those who are believers in Christ Jesus can no longer be condemned. The standards of the Spirit, who gives life through Christ Jesus, have set you free from the standards of sin and death. It is impossible to do what God's standards demand because of the weakness our human nature has. But God sent His Son to have a human nature as sinners have and to pay for sin. That way, God condemned sin in our corrupt nature. Therefore, we who do not live by our corrupt nature but by our spiritual nature are able to meet God's standards and Moses' teachings. Those who live by the corrupt nature have the corrupt nature's attitude, but those who live by the spiritual nature have the spiritual nature's attitude. The corrupt nature's attitude leads to death. 
but the spiritual nature's attitude leads to life and peace. This is so because the corrupt nature has a hostile attitude toward God. It refuses to place itself under the authority of God's standards because it can't. Those who are under the control of the corrupt nature can't please God. Psalm 18 verses 1 through 15. For the choir director by David, the servant of the Lord. He sang this song to the Lord when the Lord rescued him from all his enemies, especially from Saul. He said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my savior, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the strength of my salvation, my stronghold. The Lord should be praised. I called on him and I was saved from my enemies. The ropes of death had become tangled around me. The torrents of destruction had overwhelmed me. The ropes of the grave had surrounded me. The clutches of death had confronted me. I called on the Lord in my distress. I cried to my God for help. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry for help reached his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked. Even the foundations of the mountains trembled. They shook violently because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and a raging fire came out out of his mouth. Glowing coals flared up from it. He spread apart the heavens and came down with a dark cloud under his feet. He rode on one of the angels as he flew and he soared on the wings of the wind. He made the darkness his hiding place, the dark rain clouds his covering. Out of the brightness in front of him, those rain clouds passed by with hailstones and lightning. The Lord thundered in the heavens. The Most High made his voice heard with hail stones and lightning. He shot his arrows and scattered them. He flashed streaks of lightning and threw them into confusion. Then the ocean floor could be seen. The foundations of the earth were laid bare at your stern warning, O Lord, at the blast of the breath from your nostrils. Proverbs 19 verses 24 and 25. A lazy person puts his fork in his food. He doesn't even bring it back to his mouth. Strike a mocker and a gullible person may learn a lesson. Warn an understanding person and he will gain more knowledge. A lazy person puts his fork in his food. He doesn't even bring it back to his mouth. See, even the Bible has a sense of humor because nobody, nobody Solomon can be quite that lazy. Could you imagine that? And if he is that lazy, then that is really, really sad because this lazy person is really missing out on life. You can't even enjoy the food that is right in front of you because you are too lazy to just pick the fork up and put it back in your mouth. He is wasting his time, his energy, and his potential. Let us definitely not be like that lazy person. All right, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is alive and powerful and that it speaks to us each and every day. We thank you for your greatness and your grace. We thank you for the revisiting of Paul's struggles today, which reminded us that we are not alone in our fight against sin, that 
People have been struggling with wanting to do the right thing since the beginning of time. And since the beginning of time, you have been reconciling and restoring them back to you. Lord, we thank you for the praises that David sang in Psalms today, which lifts up your name and describes your mighty acts so beautifully. Lord, we thank you for the Proverbs wisdom that guides us daily in your truth and your will and gives us the keys to life. Lord, we ask that you would continue to hear our prayers, to see our hearts, and to act on our behalf. We ask that you would forgive our sins, cleanse our minds, Lord, and renew our spirits. Lord, fill us with your spirit again. Lord, we need the intercession of the spirit to say the things that we don't know to say. Lord, thank you for being our rock, our fortress, our deliverer, our shield. Lord, we thank you for being our refuge and our savior. Please continue to show us your ways, to teach us your word, and to reveal your wisdom. Lord, with all that we are and all that we have, we love you and we honor you. We praise you for who you are and for what you've done. We trust you for what you will do and for what you've promised that you will do. All the glory and honor and power and majesty belong to you forever and ever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And our affirmation for today I am making the most of this day and living it to the fullest. I am making the most of this day and living it to the fullest. And our aphorism, the hour which gives us life begins to take it away. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this epic adventure with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.